The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Remain standing, take your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke, chapter 8, as we continue in a series that we've entitled 2020 Vision. Scripture says, without vision, my people perish. So the opposite of perishing would be, I think, life abundantly. We're, we're prospering with so much vision. Thrilled about what God is doing in our midst. We're, we've started uh, in this new year now, the one, two, three vision. Everybody say one, two, three. One, two, three. One church a year, we're believing God to plant one church a year. We will take two missions trips a year. So far, the Philippines are slated, and we're praying and letting the Spirit guide us for our second mission trip. And then three is, stands for 3,000 people within five years. That is our goal, to reach 3,000 people, disciple 3,000 people. Can you say amen? And so we've been preaching along the lines of vision. Luke chapter 8. And verse 22 to 25, reading from the New King James, if you're ready, say, woo! All right, here we go. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water, and they were in jeopardy. Verse 24, and they came to him, awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying one to another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. Father, we thank and praise you for what you did in the first service. Now, Lord, in the second service, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come. That you would give us living understanding. Come on, lift your voice and ask God to talk to you today. Speak to us today. Give us ears to hear and a heart to respond. We would to God that you would write on the fleshly tablets of our hearts. We might never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. We do have notes for you. That's our custom. We frequently pass out notes so that you would do well to fill in those blanks. It would help you to remember what's preached. Many times, we can hardly remember what was preached a week before or even just a few days ago, but those who've studied education have shown that when you write and take notes, it helps you to internalize that and and get the Word of God deep down in your heart. Has there anybody, anybody here ever been through a situation or a trial or circumstances that threatened to just overwhelm you, overtake you? Like a sinking boat. That would be a little overwhelming. This is what's happening here. Maybe you've been in a storm before. I've been in many storms, and in life there are many storms. And I don't mean necessarily wind and rain. 
I've been in relational storms. I've been in financial storms. I've been in all kinds of storms and trials. And there are times that when they come, it can be a little overwhelming. It's a common occurrence to being a human being. You say, well, I've never been in a storm. Well, one's coming, brother. Because that's just the way life is. Storms come and storms go. This incident gives us insight on how we should view these storms and what we should do. You need vision in the storms of life. And so I've entitled it Vision in the Storm. Vision in the Storm. We look at the text. What happened here is Jesus had been ministering all day. If you read and see what's happened, people getting healed, people getting set free. Been ministering all day. And he tells his disciples. Who did he tell? His disciples. So this is important. He tells his disciples, let's get in a boat and go to the other side. So whose idea is it to go to the other side? It's God's idea. It's Jesus' idea. And so they get in the boat and they're, they're on the way. And Jesus, he went to early morning prayer. He went to EMP. And so he's napping. Now, by the way, uh, we're opening Monday mornings now for early morning prayer. For those of you who want to participate, we now have seven days a week. Praise God. Somebody say praise the Lord. From 7 to 8. But I think Jesus went to early morning prayer. In fact, theologians say that he probably prayed six hours or so a day. <laughs> the Son of God, fully God, fully man, prayed six hours a day. I think that ought to give us a clue. Just saying. Hashtag pray. Change your life. So he's asleep in the boat and a wind whips up and waves begin to rage. So much so that the professional fishermen are afraid. I've told you some stories about being on a long lining vessel and we were getting rocked pretty severely by my standards and a salty dog came up and said to me, the greenhorn, said, you're sick now? This isn't even open ocean. We were in the inside passage. I thought, oh Jesus, I'm in trouble. We got out in the open ocean, experienced 40 plus foot swells in the middle of the Bering Sea in January. And it was a little unnerving, maybe more than a little. These are professional fishermen that are terrified that they are going to sink. Kind of amazing. Jesus is woken up. He's like, what? Oh, where's your faith? And he rebukes the wind and the waves. Wind is created by wind, pardon me, waves. Everybody say waves. Waves are created by wind blowing over a surface of water over a period of time. The period of time, the distance that the wind blows over the water, and how hard the wind is blowing determines the size and the frequency of the swell. So for the king of kings who's in their boat, who they then realize after he rebukes the wind and the waves, when he prays, everything falls flat, even the waves. The wind's gone, and the waves are gone. Amazing. And they're blown away by it. And if you look in the synoptic gospels, you'll see that this story is told in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four gospels tells the same story as an indication of how much impact this brought on the disciples. And the incident confronted the disciples. You said it did? How did it confront them? Well, it confronted the disciples in the same way that it's going to confront you and me today. It confronted the disciples with the very question 
as to who Jesus is. He's not just a teacher, although he's a very, was a very good teacher. He's not just a prophet, although he's a prophet for sure. There's been lots of teachers that have come through history and even prophets that have come through history. He's not just a teacher, not just a prophet. He rebuked the wind and the waves and the calm came on the sea. God stepped out of eternity, put on robes of flesh, was in the boat that day. And when he said, peace be still, there was still. And they were blown away. You know, you don't need a good teacher. All good teaching is important. You don't just need prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit. We, we need all of those things too. You need a Savior. You see, you could read this book that we're preaching from today, cover to cover, and you could read it over and over and over and over again. Many theologians have and have more biblical knowledge than all of us here put together, perhaps, but have not made a decision to believe on Jesus. So you don't just need teaching. You can't come to some mental ascent where you then have figured it out. No man, no man can go to heaven without first believing on him. You know, Christianity is the only religion the only, the only one where it's God reached to man instead of man reaching to God. There is no other one. There is not, none that you could name. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the, he's the life. So stepping into the boat that evening under his command, saying, let's go to the other side. Jesus is on a mission. Stepping into the boat that day is none other than God in flesh. And they didn't even really realize it. You think they would realize it by now, but they don't really realize it. So they were confronted by who Jesus is, but they're confronted also by the importance of their faith. As to the importance of their faith. Jesus says, where is your faith? Which is amazing to me. He, they should have known that he's God, but then he wakes up and he rebukes him and says, dude, wh why didn't you take care of me? I mean, it's really what he's saying. He's saying, why, where's your faith? That's amazing. You know what's amazing? Your faith matters. My faith matters. Our faith matters. And to the degree that you can believe God is, is to the degree that His authority and power is released. If your faith is undermined or you don't know who you are, your identity is undermined, you think things are just subject to your education. Listen, you can speak to circumstances and see them change. That's what this text is saying. He's saying that, that Jesus is God. Who is he that in the wind of waves of him? It's the one who made the wind and the waves. And then he says, where is your faith? Jesus is saying, look, your trust in me releases authority. Your trust in me releases power over sickness, over disease, even hell and death releases power. And many people don't even know that they have any. Don't know that they have any authority. Don't know that they have any power. And they're just waiting on God's sovereignty. I thank God that he's a good God. Come on, he's a good, good God. And I'm thankful for the times he swooped into my life in his sovereignty and helped me and blessed me and made a way for me. He does that frequently when you're a new believer. But I've found as I'm beginning to grow up in the Lord, I've found that many times he puts... The weighing decision in my hands. In other words, if I will stand on his word and pray and decree it and proclaim it, then he stands over it to see it performed. 
Many people are waiting for God just to come and do something when he's waiting for you actually to stand upon his word and to agree and, to, and, and proclaim and not back off, not shrink back. I think Jesus seems surprised. It's like he's surprised to me. Where's your faith? It's like he's surprised. How come you didn't take care of the wind and the waves? Four things to do in the storm so that your vision is clear. So that your vision is clear in the storms of life, four things to do. Everybody say four things. Okay. Number one or A. you got to ask some questions. Number one. Am I in the storm because I'm doing God's will or my own? Oh, that's a question. Are you in the storm that you're in because you're doing God's will? How many of you know the devil doesn't want to see the will of God come about? Come on, Paul said to the Thessalonians, he said, I long to come to you, but Satan hindered me. Now, how many of you think that if Satan could hinder the Apostle Paul, who wrote three quarters of the New Testament, it's pretty possible he could hinder you. Pretty possible he could hinder our church. Right? Am I right? It's true. The devil doesn't want the kingdom to progress. He doesn't want that to happen. But there's storms that come in our life that are also from God. Not every trial and painful situation you're in is from the devil. We're a Pentecostal church. Let me say that Pentecostals, man, they just think like there's a devil behind every bush. I don't think there's a devil behind every bush. There's like 12. <laughs> but the good news is this. We have authority over, over the works of darkness, over scorpions. We have authority over the enemy in Jesus' name. So you've got to ask, where is the storm coming from? Is it coming from because you're doing God's will, or is it coming from because you're doing your own will? Jonah. Remember Jonah. Jonah's supposed to deliver the word of the Lord to the fish slappers of Nineveh. Obviously, you guys didn't watch Veggie Tales. Praise God. All right. He's... He's going to deliver the word of the Lord to Nineveh, and he doesn't want to do it. He hates Nineveh. He hates Nineveh. He hates, hates the Assyrians. hates them. They're wicked, wicked, wicked people they were. And he thought, no, Lord, I'd rather have you crisp them. I'm going to go this way. I'm not going because they might repent. So he gets on a boat, and he's on a boat with a bunch of pagans, but they're nice guys. So how do you know they're nice guys? Because they don't throw him overboard right away. And Jonah is asleep in the boat, just exactly like Jesus is asleep in the boat, Jonah's asleep in the boat. He's asleep, and the storm is going to beat the ship to pieces, and they're going to drown. They're all going to die in the storm, and they're really scared, and they go, and they wake, up, they wake up Jonah, and he's like, it's my fault. God told me to go to the fish slappers, and uh, throw me overboard. And they said, no, no, no. We're pagans, but we're not going to throw you overboard. Nice pagans. They didn't believe in God. That's a whole bunch of mixture of idols and stuff, but they didn't throw him overboard until it was the last straw. I mean, they just were like, we better do it. We better do it. And they throw him overboard, and boom, no more storm. That's a God storm. Some of you are in one right now. There's God storms. got to ask yourself, are you in the storm because of you're doing the will of God? Or are you in the storm because you're doing your own will? He said, I'm not in a storm. You will be. 
Second question to ask yourself. Now, I, I got to say that if you're in a God storm, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, if you're in a God storm, you need to, how do you get out of the God storm? Repent. And go back to where you, where, you, where you failed. Go back to where you made a wrong turn. Go back and get back into the will of God. That's how you get, the God storm is to turn your back. It's, a, it's an act of mercy. It's an act of kindness. If you're in a, in a storm that's been produced by the devil, you say, how did you get all this from that text? It's very simple. Jesus rebuked the wind and the wind. How many of you know God does not rebuke himself? How many of you know you, you, whatsoever things you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatsoever things be loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven? Have you ever tried binding God? I've tried that. Doesn't work. It's just like there's no authority there. You know, you try to take authority over him, he's like, it's me, dude. I'm like, Lord, it's painful. He's like, yeah. You're in the divine woodshed, so... Get back in the game. But if you take authority over the enemy, come on, resist, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Some of you don't understand that you're in this storm. The storm will move if you, by your God-given, blood-bought right, will take your finger and stick it in darkness and say, move in Jesus' name. I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to see the breakthrough. You have no right. You have no... Get out! It's a good thing I didn't rip my pants, huh? I've only done that about six or seven times, or maybe six or seven hundred, I forget. Ask yourself some questions. One, are you in the storm because you're, it's God, you're doing God's will, or is it the de- and, and the devil's hindering you, or are you doing your own will and the storm's actually from God? Two, ask yourself, is Jesus in your boat? Yep, because some of you left him on the shore. Yeah, you, you pushed off and you headed in a direction. He's like, hey, wait, hey. Anybody ever been left behind? Jesus is, is on the shore for some of you. Go turn around. Amen. Just push the rudder, trim your sail, come about, and go get Jesus. Because if he's not in your boat, it's not good. Because when the storm comes, you're going to sink. Is Jesus in your boat? Does your, does your life revolve around God? Or does your life revolve around you? You've got to ask yourself that question. What do you think about the most? That's what you're worshiping. I heard another preacher say this, so if you get offended, don't blame me. It's another preacher. <laughs> he said that you know, you know who you're worshiping by looking at your bank statement and your checkbook. Is Jesus in your boat? Is he the core of your life? Ask yourself that question. Here's another question, number three. Who's in your boat? Who who else is in your boat? Who else is in your boat? Because some of you have people in your boat relationally. You've yoked with people you should never yoke with. You've partnered with people, and as a result of your partnering with them, there's a storm in your life. Now, I I don't mean we shouldn't help people. Oh, that's why we're here. We're to help people. Teach people how to live. Teach people how to, how to worship God. To teach how to people how to live for the Lord with our heart, mind, soul, strength. Release people into, into the callings and destiny and marketplace and, and ministry. Teach people how to, 
how to be a good father. I learned how to be a father in this place. To teach, teach people how to, how to be a mother. I didn't learn that part. It's amazing. So we're supposed to reach people, but you, you should be very careful of who you yoke with. Some of you are in a storm, and it's because you got Jonah on the stinking boat. So codependent, trying to save everybody. We need to reach people, we need to help people, but you're not Jesus. And some of you, you make poor choices of who you partner with. Come on, you got to have boundaries, and you need to have standards, and you need to have conviction. You need to be a man, you need to be a woman of conviction. I've been, in, I've been in ministry a little while now. My wife and I have learned that there's certain things that don't work. That people will come and eat your lunch, and they'll eat the plate, and they'll eat everything on the table, and they'll destroy the table. And they'll suck the blood right out of your... You'd be like, ah! You're sucking on your neck. There's blood suckers out there. It's like human, you know, spiritual vampires. We need to help them. If they're just, they're just unhealed, they're broken. The people are, many people are broken. We need to help them, but you need to be careful that they don't get incorporated to the very core of your life. You'll carry them in your heart, but they really belong to the Lord. And I've seen people bring people on and just absolutely be, help them with everything. And what they do is they like a cancer that gets in of drama in their life and begin to suck out every single resource. And before you know it, that family or that, that person, you got Jonah on board. Dude, give them the right foot of fellowship. What are you talking about? I'm saying if you got Jonah on board, you have somebody in your life on your boat, they won't change. I'm going to tell you something. I do not do arm-twisting discipleship anymore. If somebody doesn't want God, well, they can go around the mountain, and I'll pray for them. But I'm not going to go and twist their arm and force them to come to church. I'm not going to twist their arm. To, oh, no, really, really, you've got to really, really. I mean, I'm encouraging them, but there comes a time when you've got to get up, shut up, and start walking and, and obeying. And if people aren't willing to do that, then they can just, you know, you know Lord bless you. But some of you have yoked with that. Just. <laughs> lovingly. Everybody say lovingly. Lovingly. Lovingly move them on to another place. Amen. And then have boundaries. Minister to them. But don't let, you know, you got to be careful. I feel like I'm not quite getting through. So I, I'm just one more point, and then we'll move on to the, the rest of the message. I've known people whose children were drug addicts, okay? And, and the child has no desire to get free, but it's usually, and I'm sure there's lots of reasons, and I've certainly not seen everything, so I, you know, be mindful of that, obviously. But they are so trying to help the boy and the way that they do that is they pay for everything. And they, they enable him. They, they enable him. They give him money. They support his drug habit. And then they pick him up from the hospital and they help him bring him home, nurse him back to health, give him more money. He goes out, does the same thing. And it's because in their own heart, I think they're just unhealed. It's, you know, some people call it tough love. 
And I've seen, I've seen a son or even a daughter destroy a family because the family refuses to say, dude, we love you, and we, because we love you, you ain't smoking crack in the house. You're not getting any more money. And if you end up in jail, at least you'll be alive. So they allowed Jonah to get on the boat. Now we need to have compassion, and I'm, 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 I'm playing to say that we drop kick things. You know, we, we, but we need to, have, we need to do, do what God's telling us to do and be sensitive to not have people yoked in our lives that will destroy us. But at the same time, we need to love and help them. Can you say amen? Recognize if you're in God's will, the storm is Satan's way of trying to stop you. Talking about vision in the storm. Two storms, God's storms, devil's storms. Devil's storms come to you when you're doing the will of God. God's storms come to you when you're disobeying the, the will of God, maybe doing your own way. Recognize if you're in God's will, the storm is Satan's way of trying to stop you. Don't, don't get uptight. Look at C. Don't, don't get uptight. Anybody ever gotten uptight? I got uptight this morning. Don't freak out. So oftentimes we just freak out. And God's got it under control. If you ever see God freaking out, then it's time to get nervous. Of course, you will never see that. God's with you. Come on, someone say, God's with me. So I don't have to worry. Rise up in faith and in Christ's authority and power. Rise up in faith. That's so, where is your faith? He says to the disciples, and he says to us, where's your faith? Don't just count on the sovereignty of God or that God is good. Do many people want the devil to be driven out of their life and driven out of their homes and driven out of their circumstances? But God said, I already did that, but I've empowered you to enforce it. I've empowered you. I've given you authority to drive out darkness, to drive out even demon power to rebuke the wind and the waves. But so oftentimes we've got our hands in our pockets and we're hoping that God's going to do it for us. I said, Lord, won't you help me? He said, yeah, I got crucified and I rose again from the grave. I helped you. Pick up your sword. Pick up your sword. Take authority. Now, if your conscience is bothering you and you're, you're not right before God, then you're not going to be able to grab any sword and wield anything with any kind of a power. That's why you got to get right with God. you got to give your heart to the Lord. you got to live in a conscience pure before Him. Jesus has all power. Everybody say it. Jesus has all power. Positionally, we have authority. Use it. Are you, are you living using the authority that God has granted to you? He died on a cross so that you could have it. Are you using it? Power, authority over sickness. When was the last time you prayed for someone? You have power. You have authority. You know, my dogs know that I'm the master of my house. My dogs don't mess with me. try especially my puppy he's learning Ooh, this is mastery the devil knows that Jesus has purchased his blood was shed for you your God given blood bought right to walk in authority and the devil knows it you know what the problem is is that the church by and large doesn't no, they have authority. 
You see, you, you might be in the midst of a circumstances. You might be in the midst of a storm today. And it's like God saying, just rebuke it. But it rages on and you hope that God's going to come and help you. He's helping you through this bald-headed preacher right now to tell you that you just need to stand in your authority and rebuke the wind and the waves, rebuke the enemy, rebuke the... This rebuke is... The word rebuke's amazing. So in the Greek, it's the same word used for casting out a devil. Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves. Are you telling me I can stand and tell circumstances? I'm in the will of God, so circumstances that are adverse and against me, that I can stand and command those things to be broken? Dude, yes. Yeah. That might be a new thought for you. But that is how you're going to walk in victory. Your emotions can begin to overwhelm you. You know, I talk to myself, and every mature believer does. You start, you know, you start getting downcast, as, as the psalmist said, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, what are we going to do? I said, what? why so downcast on my soul? Put your hope in God. Put your hope, put your hope in God. God's going to come through ever-present help in time of trouble. You can speak to yourself. I've told myself to be quiet. Shut up, actually, the words I've used for myself. Tell your brain. Just a constant overvoice of how you're never going to make. Oh, it's not going to work. Oh, it's not, oh, not going to work. It's not going to work. You're never going to mount anything. Shut it. Jesus has all power. Rebuke the storms in your life. Everybody say, I'm going to, I'm going to rebuke the storms in my life. If it's a God storm, the only way to get rid of that is repent. Take your little feet back to the shore, pick Jesus up, and get right back on track. That's the only way to correct that storm. If it's a devil storm which comes because you're doing the will of God and you stand and having done all else, you continue to stand and you declare and decree that thing to move. Get out of the way. I command you in Jesus' name. You have no right. You have no authority. I'm going to the other side. I'm going to the other side. I will not be stopped by the wind, by the way. I am going to, you know what Jesus was doing? Jesus was opening new territory. He was opening new territory. There was a demonized individual on the other side waiting for deliverance. And Jesus, our hero, the Messiah, comes in a boat. The devil knew that a new territory was going to open, so he whipped up a storm to try to get them just to drown. Can't drown the Son of God. He'd make a submarine or something. Come on, if Jesus is with you, you don't have to worry about it sinking. You're in the will of God. Stand up and declare that thing to move. Speak to the mountain. Mountain, be moved. Storm, wind, waves, be still. I said be still. You're going through a storm today. You're in a storm. You're in a storm and you know now because you know you're in the will of God. And you believe that with all your heart. You're in a storm. And you want to you see that thing move. I, the Lord spoke to me this morning. He's going to do miracles for people. If that's you, come on, stand up and come right up front. Everybody stand up all over the place, all over this house. Come on, you're in a storm, you know it. It's the enemy, you believe it, because you're doing the will of God. So we're going to use our authority right now. Come on, signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word, and there will be a release of signs and wonders. You will see circumstances change. 
You're in the will of God. You believe that. But you're facing a storm today. Who is he that even the wind and the waves obey him? He's God. He called you to it. He'll anoint you to do it. And there is no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. Not a one. Oh, it might be formed. It just won't work. All right, come on. When I talk to my dog, sometimes I put my finger and I say, sit down. Come on, take your finger out. It's loaded. Somebody got a loaded finger, where is it at? Come on, by faith now. Just point to the circumstances that are before you, that are troubling you, the, the storm that's before you. Point to that thing. And say, Heavenly Father, I submit to you and your plan. And I believe I'm in your perfect will. And Lord, if I'm not, that you'd speak to me and that you'd direct me. But I believe I'm in your perfect will. And this storm, therefore, is not from you, but from the enemy of my soul, trying to stop me from getting to the other side. So in the name of Jesus, I command adverse circumstances and every storm that's been sent from hell to cease and desist. I rebuke it now. I command the wind and the waves to be still in Jesus' name. Be still in Jesus' name. Be still in Jesus' name. Come on, put your hands together for God. Come on, shout to God like you just got your victory. Hey, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Amen, you may return to your seats. You're in a storm today and you realize, dude, it's God. And I'm Jonah. Well, that's a great revelation. It's a great revelation because you can repent. All across this place, those on podcasts, those listening by the World Wide Web or the stream, you're here and you realize, oh, I think I need to go back to the shore. I think I left Jesus on the other side. You want to come back, you're going to repent. Come on, stand up all across this place. The service is just about over. You say, that's me. I'm going to repent today. I'm going to come back to God. I'm going to get right with God. Listen, there's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. We're not playing some stupid religious game up in here. That's not what we play here. We don't play anything. We just love God sincerely. And he's got a plan for you. You are separated from his plan through rebellion, sin, disobedience. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God, the what? The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Give your heart to him today. Don't play religious games. Come back to Christ. If, you, if, if you've wandered away, take your little feet back to him today. Right now, by faith, turn your heart. Return to your first love. Don't play religious games. Needless casualties that happen by people that just play church. Don't do it. Give your heart to Him. If that's you, you want to get right with God. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or you want to make a recommitment to Him. Number two, you want to make a recommitment because you drifted in your walk. Every head bowed, every eye closed in the last moments of this service. 
You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, or you want to make a recommitment to Him all across this place. You say, that's me. Slip your hand up right now. Put your hand in the, put your hand in the air. Let me see that hand. God bless you, son. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Come on, put your hand up if you need to get right with God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you for your honesty. Praise God. Anybody else? God bless you, son. I see that hand. Thank you for being honest. God bless you. With all your heart and all sincerity, pray this prayer. And when you do, everything that you've ever done wrong will be wiped out and thrown as far as the east is from the west. And God himself will write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Pray with us all across this place, right out loud, those online. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again for the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. And be my Lord, be my Savior. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Would you just open your heart to the Spirit of God right now? Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, touch. Holy Spirit, touch. Break every bondage. Break every chain. Break off addiction and suicide. Break off depression. Break off generational curses and iniquity. In the name of Jesus, release your power, your blessing, your healing upon each and every one of these. Holy Spirit, come. Fill them. Come on, you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit. Just go right ahead, right now. Come on, lift your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost. Be filled today. Be healed today. Be filled today. Be healed today. Be free today in Jesus' name. Freedom, liberty, glorious liberty, fulfilling destiny and purpose. God, we thank you. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Come on, put your best hand clap together for God. Amen. Amen. Take someone by the hand as we close the service. Don't miss tonight. Lou Engle will be preaching. You'll want to get here early if you can. Church will be open by 5. It'll be preaching the word of the Lord. Also be having a pot blessing. If you want to be part of that, just bring a dish. It'll be upstairs. Minister Chris Diamond and and Wyatt taking off. A little going away celebration for them. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for what you've done today. Thank you for the authority that's been purchased by your blood. Silver and gold, at times we have none but such as we have. God, we have power. We have authority. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available for us. Fill these with your precious, precious Holy Spirit. And use us, Lord, into the highways and byways of our community, in the marketplace. Use us to reach the lost. Use us, Lord, to reach souls, to heal the sick, to cast out devils and infirmity. Use us to change circumstances. Use us, God, in intercession. God, history books are waiting to be written, God. History books are waiting to be written about a people who will believe you. May our identity be firmly rooted and planted in your word as we walk in humility and power and authority to see the nations turn, to see Wasilla turn, to see Alaska turn, to see the United States hear the word of the Lord and be saved. Bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them. 
Lift up your countenance towards us, O oh God. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you tonight, 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock, the doors will open. 6 o'clock service. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.